So my transition from practitioner at a new medicine group to a tech inventor was really about that. It was how could I have the most impact? Uh, we were doing amazing work at New Medicine Group, but the potential there was for tens of thousands of people, whereas the mission for Sensate is to have positively impacted the lives of 100 million people. You know, we need a sufficient tipping point number of people thinking in a different, compassionate way to instigate the changes the world needs. Welcome to Time to Unlearn, a podcast for all those of you of us, incredible cycle-breaking humans who are healing from trauma and narcissistic abuse. A journey about understanding who we are, why we are the way we are, and about receiving the support that you deserve to heal your inner wounds, both in the mind and the body. On this episode, we're going to discuss how we can tone our vagus nerve in a very simple, quick, and enjoyable way with the help of health technology to immediately reduce our stress responses and anxiety in our bodies without the need for any skill or effort. And I wanted to do this because when we have suffered from abuse and have unprocessed stuck trauma, we are operating usually in constant survival mode, either stuck in our sympathetic nervous system, feeling anxious, worried, stressed, always rushing, feeling on eggshells and unable to stop and relax because our brain is hypervigilant and we are stuck in this sense of not being able to stop, it doesn't feel safe to stop and relax to our body and to our brain. Or we are stuck in hyper-arousal and in that shutdown, freeze nervous system response for our survival where we feel numb, depressed, dissociated, and we're not actually living, we are existing. And when we are in either of those survival states, we are literally offline. Our logical brain is not functioning So a lot of us are unable to help ourselves out of these surviving existing states and we get stuck not knowing what to do, often not through lack of trying. And we end up feeling so hopeless and helpless because what we do manage to do just doesn't seem to work or or just isn't enjoyable and it doesn't feel safe to our brain and it becomes basically unsustainable. And it feels sometimes pointless. You try these breathing techniques, meditation, and it just feels like it's just not working for me. So we get stuck and we stay stuck. Now, for most of you who have been listening to Time to Unlearn, you know I'm very passionate about each one of us thriving post-traumatic growth is a real thing. And I want to help you in every which way I can to understand about your nervous system, understand how you can help yourself out of these survival states. And I want you to remember before we start that you can start to live the life you've always deserved, feeling good enough, important lovable and worthy because you are and it is possible. That's why today I brought on Stefan Chamalik and I'm so excited that he's here with us because Stefan is a healthcare thought leader on vagal toning, a healthcare tech pioneer for stress and anxiety management, an integrative physician, a fascia and body worker who has been instrumental in discovering the fascia as a sensory organ. And I wanted Stefan to help us understand about this incredible device that I've been using for a couple of years now, which he invented called Sensate, which has helped me immensely with uh, some chronic pain management. I have three uh, vagus related chronic conditions due to my own experience of stuck trauma. And Stefan, it's so great to see you. I'm so thankful you're here. I'm really, really excited to have this chat with you and for our audience to get to know you and to get to know what Sensate is all about. So hopefully they can start this journey 
which is so much more enjoyable than trying on your own to do all these different things that we're told are good for us and just they just don't seem to help. In fact, sometimes it becomes even more stressful. So welcome to Time to Unlearn. And please take it away now and just give us your own introduction, please, if you would. And I, I would love to just learn, our audience to learn a little bit more about your story. Just tell us where you've come from and bring us up to date to today to, to tell us about Sensate. Thank you. And it's a huge privilege and pleasure to be here. Uh, I'm always thrilled to be talking to and working with people who are also engaged in the journey and to help people with, with this work. Um, so thank you for the opportunity. And I suppose if, well, if I look at the context of my life, uh, the, um, where I am now seems quite inevitable, really. So I was brought up in a household where uh, what was then called complementary medicine was standard. So we were treated with homeopathy and naturopathic techniques as, uh, as, uh, as, as children. Uh, me and my brother were taught by my father to meditate uh, at a very early age. So I've been meditating in different schools and with different teachers for many decades. About 35 years ago, I started practicing medicine. So I trained as a Chinese medicine doctor uh, and multiple aligned uh, specialities and formed a new medicine group in Harley Street, which was the UK's main integrated healthcare practice. So I, I was very much always in this position where I wanted things to be integrated. It didn't seem right to me that patients often with chronic, uh, hard to diagnose conditions were on the one hand seeing multiple specialists and as any, as yourself and anyone in your position and you're, I'm sure your listeners know, that's kind of what happens, isn't it? So you have these slightly strange symptoms or collection of symptoms that don't easily fit into a single box. So you end up seeing multiple specialists and consultants, you know, the gynecologist, the, radio, uh, the, uh, the urologist, you know, there might be multiple people who you see, all of whom have a meaningful diagnosis and a meaningful treatment, but perhaps which aren't unifying the body as a holistic whole. And uh, it seemed to me that that's what was needed in medicine. So the New Medicine Group was about using uh, practitioners with understanding of both holistic and uh, mainstream medical therapies. So it was made up of uh, practitioners, doctors, uh, um, uh, professors from medical specialities. Sorry to interrupt you. I wanted to just add, uh, I, I understand that you, you together, you had a combined 300 years worth of experience. Is that correct? That is true. In the team, uh, there were 300 years, a, a large chunk of which was my colleague, Leon Chato, who was one of the originators of the concept of fascia as a, as a, um, um, a sense organ. Uh, Leon's now passed, but his legacy is still very much with us. And it's a huge legacy within holistic health. So we would work as a team and individually. And I became particularly interested and have always been interested in sort of stress and autonomic nervous system issues. Because I've always perceived that that really underlies in the modern world a lot of what makes us feel unwell and disempowered. So I was specializing in seeing people with anxiety, with panic attacks, with depression, with mood issues, with insomnia, with chronic pain. And over a period of um, you know, 15, 20 years, the team came to the conclusion that really the thing that united all of these dysregulations was the autonomic nervous system and specifically the vagus nerve, which really is the interface, if you like, between the internal world and the external world. So we kind of came to the conclusion that if you were going to do one thing, what you should probably do for the biggest return on your investment is to try and improve the responsiveness, the flexibility, the tone of your vagus nerve. Uh, and there are 
very many tried and tested ways to do this. Uh, one of which in particular is meditation. Um, I mean, there are many forms of meditation, but learning how to self-regulate, how to become aware of your own physical symptoms and emotional symptoms, and then to take a step back from them so they're not controlling you uh, is uh, the essence of mindfulness-based meditation. And we can see from the research and from the literature that these all have an effect on the brain, on the autonomic nervous system, and symptoms that we would associate with the autonomic nervous system. The pro- and I used that for many years, breathing and meditation with patients. Um, but the problem is I found and uh, started to notice a decade or so ago that people's ability to meditate really stopped. So whereas I had been able to get people to practice breathing and meditation, their people's ability to do that really declined very rapidly and precipitously. And I think you know, that's essentially an outcome of the massive neurological overwhelm that anyone living in the developed world is experiencing. You know, we have constant messaging. You know, we've developed these fantastic, as you, as you mentioned, flight, flight, freeze, survival emergency responses. But the problem we have now is the kind of threats that we are subject to are not really physical threats. They're threats of overwork, threats of deadlines. And our highly attuned um, lower brain in particular is fantastically adept at perceiving threat, but only really has one response to that, which is to activate through stress hormone activity, which is great if you want to run away or fight or freeze or fawn, but really not that useful when what you in fact have is a massive inbox of emails and phones and workloads and financial stress and family and everything else that's going on. Actually, being adrenalized in that situation is, in fact, counterproductive. So my view is that what got us here as the dominant species on the planet, for good or bad, is um, actually now having the opposite effect. It's now de-evolutionizing us. You know, when as a species, we're now in a position where stress and anxiety and trauma, as a result of that, are leading to very short-term thinking. And actually, my belief is that what we need is long-term, compassionate thinking to help the planet and help the species. So my um, transition from practitioner at a new medicine group to a tech inventor was really about that. It was how could I have the most impact? Uh, we were doing amazing work at New Medicine Group, but the potential there was for tens of thousands of people, whereas the mission for Sensate is to have positively impacted the lives of 100 million people by 2025. Because I think it's a numbers game in many ways. You know, we need a sufficient tipping point number of people thinking in a different, compassionate way to instigate the changes the world needs. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I think you have an amazing message and obviously I resonate with it. I think we share a mission in wanting to kind of, let's say, heal the world, you know, make a massive impact so that the world becomes a more healed place, a more pleasant place to live in without this these uh, autonomic nervous system responses, responses kind of guiding us in our lives. And we're kind of almost out of control of ourselves, you know, not really experiencing the present moment ever. So it's, I think you're doing amazing work and I appreciate you so, so much and your colleagues that have been doing this work as on a personal journey, and I'd like to take a few minutes to kind of share how I came across Sensate and why I'm so passionate about the actual device and, you know, so grateful for you to be here today. I was personally um, struggling with chronic facial pain for approximately 12 to 14 years, which became increasingly worse. I'd had experienced increasing symptoms of, you know, ill gut health. 
And then in January 2021, I was misdiagnosed with trigeminal neuralgia at first and several other wrong, mis, you know, misdiagnosed again and again until finally I came to learn I have this one of those diseases that you're describing, you know, don't know the, the, we don't understand why it's there unless we look at trauma, of course, and the vagus nerve. And, you know, it's one of those doesn't really fit into any box. It's called paroxysmal hemicrania continua. Extreme pain in the face. Obviously, uh, I was medicated for it. And luckily for me, there are some meds that work to decrease the pain and and, and allow me to continue living uh, because it was very extreme. Then I was also in April 2021 diagnosed with severe bile acid malabsorption and SIBO, all these kind of Diseases and you know that, that that continually affect your quality of life. Essentially, make you feel like you know I don't know what to do because no doctor seems to to understand you know to, to look at it in a holistic way. It was only literally out of the many many doctors and professionals I saw, only one person at one point suggested that perhaps I needed help by you know uh, stimulation of the vagus nerve. I had I had been a counselling psychologist for twenty two years and I had never really understood very much, if anything at all, about the vagus nerve. I knew very, very little about polyvagal theory until more recently I specialised in trauma and narcissistic abuse recovery and the nervous system and polyvagal theory. So at that point, I was like, oh, what is this? I was I was recommended that I go on something called uh, gamma core, which is an electrical stimulation. I'm sure you, you've heard of it. Uh, it's, a, it's a way of kind of stimulating the vagus nerve externally. I'm still waiting for that treatment to happen via the NHS and, and, and that's not available to everybody unless they can afford it. And so since that diagnosis and since this treatment was recommended to me, had I not had the privilege of being introduced to Sensei, I would still be pretty much in the, in the same place of just being medicated, you know, band-aid on the symptom, symptoms and not able to really improve very much at all, you know, because it is, you know, medication, unfortunately, is, is it's symptom management. It's not in any way, shape or form going to improve the situation internally. So I'm very grateful for Sensei. I was introduced by a friend. I was, I was, just, I was just so interested and so fascinated and, and, and adoring the fact that you have been helped by Sensei. Are you able to say how much you think it helped you buy? Uh, I'm getting goosebumps just in thinking about it. And it's actually quite emotional for me because I was one of your t- typical patients, probably, even though I had never come to a new medicine group uh, for treatment where I, I tried everything. I'm a, I'm a doer, I'm a trier. And I really, I, you know, I had, I have three young children and, you know, I was in a place of, you know, I had a suicidal part because the pain was so extreme and I had tried meditation. I had tried yoga and I felt very ashamed because the minute I tried to meditate, I tried to do breath work. My mind just went into that sympathetic kind of, you know, fast speed, lots of thoughts, and I just wasn't able to do it. So then I felt lots of shame, guilt, there's obviously wounds, inner core wounds that at play because of childhood trauma, family trauma I've experienced over my lifetime. And I didn't know any of this. So I was very ignorant and I blamed myself, which is what happens to a lot of people. And, and then you feel mm. helpless and hopeless. So the only options you really have are either medication, if you're even lucky enough for someone to be able to identify, you know, what, what medication you can take to manage the symptoms, or you're kind of stuck in this kind of limbo state, not knowing you know, and, and the fear of the uncertainty for your future when you're in pain, you know. Mm. So for me, the the impact has been incredible because, in fact, my very first experience when I first bought uh, my first version of the Sensei, which was in, I learned about Sensei in May 2021. 
And I bought my first uh, device in October 2021 on Halloween. <laughs> I remember it very clearly, and I've, I've made some notes here because I wanted to tell this story to, under, to, to, to allow my audience to understand why I'm here. Because I, I teach now about the nervous system. I teach my clients about, you know, how to manage stress myself and how to understand what's going on inside of them and how to process, uh, access, process, and release their trauma so that they start to feel better in terms of even inflammation, reducing inflammation in the system so that they can benefit even on a, I mean, obviously we could never claim that there is a medical improvement, but from what I see, there is in, you know, lots of uh, patients with fibromyalgia, for example, that get benefits or people with insomnia that benefit. And one of the things I do recommend to a lot of clients is Sensate. (laughs) And I've not had one person, you know, say, oh, it doesn't work for me because the result of Sensate for me was that I had an immediate ability to <sighs> release tension just by doing nothing and sitting there relaxing with some music plugged into my ears and this little device that I, you know, never, it's never far away from me. I use it daily. My daughter who's 14 now has started using it. Uh, you know, we have to fight over it sometimes. Are <laughs> you wearing yours? Yeah. Um, it's just a wonderful tool where you literally need no skills. It, it's, it's in, in its properties of being able to do everything that it needs to do by itself, it means that you automatically feel that, okay, let's try it. There's nothing I need to do or be in order for this to work. And it's automatically, you know, makes you feel like, okay, all I've got to do is plug in the music, use the little app, choose a song, sit down for 10 minutes. I mean, there is nothing that works faster that I've tried and I've tried for many years to find, you know, solutions. And this is just amazing. And and, and the nature of it, giving that immediate relief makes it very enjoyable, which means that I want to continue using it. There is no resistance where when something becomes very, very difficult, you know, I see that in lots of uh, my clients with trauma, there are, I, I'm also a, an internal family system practitioner. And so there are nervous system coping mechanisms, which I'm involuntary that come up to stop us because when our version of normal is being, you know, in, in fight flight or in freeze, there are coping mechanisms that come up to stop us from going into that ventral vagal state of relaxation, because that to the brain, if you've not experienced it, feels unsafe. <laughs> so it's, it's, you know, we, we then have this internal cognitive dissonance of and conflict where we want to do the meditation, we want to do the relaxation techniques, we want to do the breath work, but it just doesn't work. And then you know, we try it, it doesn't work. We try it again, and then we just think, oh, what's the point? Because to the brain, it just doesn't feel safe. There is no resistance with sensate. Not either. I had quite a strong reaction the first time I tried Sensate because I think my vagus nerve was so shot, to be honest, um, that I had quite a strong, I, I, I had no idea what was happening, but I still used it. Even though my reaction wasn't that pleasant to begin with, I still use it the next day and the next day. And then it just became more and more pleasant. My husband started using it. My kids have all tried it. My daughter now actually seek tried Where's the sensate, mummy? <laughs> so it's it's just an unbelievable device you've created. We have a few families like that when people are fighting over the sensate in a good way at the end of the day. I mean, that's one yeah. thing that's fantastic <laughs> to hear your response. And I think that point you just mentioned about um, you know the first session is really important because I think particularly when somebody's nervous system is sensitized, which you know is certainly the case of anyone who has uh, anxiety or trauma. It is important to go in slow and to go in gentle, to start gentle, because, uh, I mean, there's, there's a real temptation to turn up to 10 
or 11. Um, but it's good to go. It's <laughs> definitely good to go in general because, as you know, when our, um, when our threat perception mechanisms are activated, and almost anything, including good things, can be a little bit scary and overwhelming for the body. So I always say to people, yeah, start slow. Go, you know, even, even do a session holding it in your hand to start with um, and then put it on your chest in the right place and we can talk about the right place and have it on a very, very low intensity, maybe with eyes open rather than eyes closed. So work towards you know, the, the ultimate use case, which is lying down, eyes closed, uh, the device in the right position, uh, maybe between layers of clothing, uh, and and uh, wearing headphones uh, and then using the volume. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I didn't know any of this. And of course, my version of normal then was to to be very extreme. So of course, I got my sensate right. I lay down, I put the little kind of pillow on my, put it on intensive, intensity 10, <laughs> Did the, chose the longest track, 30 minutes. And of course, I had a strong, and, and, and as I studied polyvagal theory then I st- and, and understood the vagus nerve, then I, ah, it all made sense. So yeah, I do advise to my clients that when they get it, they start low and gentle and even just do a five-minute session. They don't have to do 10 minutes. Just the, the most incredible thing. And actually I did lose, because I take it with me everywhere, I, I, I lost my first device and I kind of thought, oh, just, I think I'm all right now. I can do without. So I, I spent a couple of months trying to live without Sensate <laughs> and, uh, and eventually I caved in and bought another one. And you know, it's just something I will never go without now because it's just such an easy way. And even as a therapist and having done lots of inner healing myself, this is still the quickest and most enjoyable way I know to do my own inner healing work. And even when I have, you know, and now I actually use it for, whereas before I used it a lot more or, or, or possibly only to downregulate my nervous system, I actually now use it for the opposite to induce creativity and, and, and kind of focus. And so this is also very, very, the duality of how you can use it. It's, it's never got a kind of an expiry date. Well, that is, that is the magic of um, the, the magic of the vagus nerve and the vagal nerve tone. It is both upregulating and downregulating. So it's the, um, what, what Porges now calls um, vagal flexibility, which I think is a nice way of putting it. Uh, so it's the ability to, to um, relax somebody, which is what we focus on, because that's you know, my clinical perception is that the main thing that people ha- are suffering from and are having experiencing pains, uh, physical or emotional pain with is the overwhelm uh, and the response of the nervous system. So if we can calm that down, people just feel better, which as you say, they do. But also as the vagus nerve becomes um, toned um, with use over time, it then also is able to respond, uh, upregulate to creative or dynamic situations as well. So you have that that flexibility, which is wonderful. Yeah. And it's, um, it's, when you start to experience that re- relaxation in in your body that f- starts to feel safe to your nervous system, that kind of, it, it, that is almost like a, a tool to have lots of corrective experiences around stress and, and, you know, disconfirming experiences because you can have that immediate kind of down regulation. It, it then becomes, you know, the nervous system learns that actually it is okay to be relaxed for 10 minutes and it is safe. I always say, you know, the vagus nerve toning, it's almost like you can think of it as, as going to the gym and toning a muscle. Obviously, the vagus nerve is a nerve, not a muscle. But the difference between going to the gym is that as you, when you tone the vagus nerve, of course, it starts to create new neural pathways. So it, it's not like the muscle mm. that you have to, you know, keep. I mean, obviously, I do recommend that you keep working on the vagus nerve, but it, it's creating new neural pathways as to, as a, and it doesn't go away. You don't lose it, essentially. I think it was Carl Schatz at Stanford said, um, yeah, nerves that fire together, wire together. So as you say, by performing an ab, this is how we 
create habits, isn't it? So a habit can be a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, and it is merely the, the behavior you repeat. So if you have a habit of exercising or meditating or doing yoga or using sensate or whatever every day, then that, that, that wires a neural network in your brain. So that be- over time becomes the default pathway as opposed to having a hyperventilation or a panic response, which is probably for many people their current default pathway. Um, and it's the, one of the, the most important things that you touched upon was the, you don't need any, you don't need any prior experience. And that's what's getting in the way of benefit for most people with breathing and with meditation. Yeah, because meditation is a wonderful, wonderful thing. I've done it for most of my life. Um, but it's, you know, you're bringing your own willpower, if you like, to the process of sitting with discomfort uh, and controlling your breathing and being, being aware without responding. And, and if, when you're traumatized and overwhelmed, it's very difficult to not respond. And if you want somebody to breathe poorly or have a panic attack, one of the best things you can do is to tell them to notice their breathing, um, which is almost guaranteed <laughs> to get somebody realizing that they're breathing shallowly. Hyperventilating. And hyperventilating. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So I, I no longer really do breath work with people in that sense. Not, not, mm. con- not guided, mm. say, no, and now notice your breathing type breath work. Because for many, many people, it will make them feel worse. So tell me, tell me a little bit about you. How, how, do you, how do you work with people? I'm so interested to hear how experts and practitioners um, work with people, how they, how they assess and work with people. So I, as I said, more recently, for personal reasons more than anything, I uh, decided to specialise in trauma and narcissistic abuse. I went on to this inner healing journey that's somatic, because obviously before I was very much into the prefrontal cortex work, you know, symptom management, CBT, all the kind of talk, talk, talk therapy which is, I'm not dismissing, it's great. You know, I'm also a positive psychology coach. I understand the benefits and there are benefits. However, when there is stuck trauma in the body, in the fascia, and I'd like to go into that next about, you know, how the device works with the chest cavity and the fascia. And, you know, I want to talk about the pebble and the ripple effect. I I want to ask you a question. I mean, I have a a million questions here and lots of notes. Let's see where we get to. Um, but I work with very much with clients now somatically, lots of psych education. This is what I do. Also, this is the purpose of time to unlearn as well. I have a very similar mission in wanting to, you know, my life purpose, I would say, is to impact as many people as possible to understand their own bodies, their own nervous system, understand that these fight, fight, flight, freeze responses are something we're born with, whereas ventral <laughs> isn't. It's something that has to be taught to us. And a lot of us weren't as fortunate as it sounds like you were (laughs) and didn't have parents that could teach us. You know, I want to help people to understand and empower them to, to understand themselves better, to understand why they are the adults that they are today, in particular with reference to, you know, hopefully one day going on to educating anyone that works with children, teachers, practitioners that are maybe antenatal class, doctors, nurses, anyone that has an impact on multiple people to be able to really make this huge global effect where we understand, you know, in in schools, we are taught about reproductive system, but no one ever talks about the nervous system. As a psychologist, a seasoned psychologist, why did I not know the basics at least of the nervous system? Why did I not know very much about polyvagal theory or the you know, how all of that, how trauma impacts our bodies, you know, it's, it's, to me, it's foundational stuff. And I bring it to the public very much in the same way that you've brought this device. So it's approachable by everybody, right? So everybody has now access to potentially heal themselves, to actually 
live their lives that they're supposed to, that they were, you know, we're all put here with a purpose, which is not to survive and exist, but to actually thrive and live and enjoy our lives. And a lot of people are missing their lives by the very nature of not knowing how to be in a ventral vagal state where they can be present in their lives, present in the moment. And, and, and I don't know how to put it without saying in control and control sounds like a, there is a negative connotation to that word, I suppose, but you know, what can they do to rewire their nervous system? So they're not kind of stuck in previous past blueprints, which are no longer serving them. Exactly. I'm, I'm totally understanding and agreeing with you here, um, which is that if we're trauma tends that trauma and anxiety tend to either make us remember something from the past, which we're afraid of, uh, or make us be fearful or angry about something from the past or that might happen in the future. So we're anywhere except for here. And, you know, life, only exists here. So if we're not here, if we're, in, if we're projecting into the future or if we're remembering the past, we're not, you know, in a, in a very real sense, we're not living our life. It's so tragic to me that such a you know, large proportion of people are going through their lives, stuck either in the future or the past or oscillating between the two, or, mm. uh, but you know, not being in the moment enough to actually experience the moments of their life. And we all only have moments to live. Right, hopefully a relatively infinite number of moments strung end to end. But you know, the more of those moments that we miss, the more of our life that we miss. And I can really resonate with that because I did go through years of feeling that way, you know, watching my life go by almost like it's a movie and I'm not in it. I'm in functional freeze. I'm looking after my children working, but I'm not really taking anything in. I'm not enjoying it. I don't feel I'm so numb and dissociated and I you know, a lot of the people I work with come to me in that state by some sort of miracle. They reach out and find a way through, but without this education around the nervous system and understanding, you know, you don't need to become a neuroscientist. <laughs> you just need to be given the basics, understanding how, you know, our inner workings to be able to then be empowered to do something to re-educate yourself, re rewire your nervous system so that it works for you rather than and it is always working for you because the survival states are there. You know, the brain's main purpose is to, you know, keep us alive. It doesn't care if we're happy or unhappy, unfortunately. That's something we have to work on. We have to be intentional. And this little tool here, this magical device that you've created, it's just so easy to be intentional with it because it's just simple, enjoyable. It doesn't take motivation, as we said, to, to want to use it. And it's just wonderful. Uh, and it's the first and only time I really have, you know, even when I'm, you know, and it's not that you never go back into these shutdown or survival modes or, you know, you do because stress happens and it just depends on what your nervous system capacity and flexibility is at, at any time that a stressful event happens. But if we have a very easy tool to be able to, you know, process the stress, the stress hormones and release them from our body rather than then getting stuck into the fascia and getting stuck as trauma, this is, this is a wonderful opportunity to continue to experience our own lives, you know, and not miss out on that. Because as far as I know, at the moment, we only have one. <laughs> and you, you had a particular interest in fascia. So I, I talk about fascia because I think a lot of people, there are, there are lots of misconceptions, uh, especially nowadays where, you know, polyvagal theories, the vagus, vagus nerve, trauma, narcissistic abuse, they're all very kind of buzzwords, lots of misconceptions. And I'm all about busting myths and trying to speak to the in layman terms about these things so that it's it's knowledge for all. Yes, I would like you to talk around, explain to my audience in the simplest possible way you can what the fascia is. I was fascinated to learn that fascia is mostly water 
and how that relates to the Sensate. Let, just tell us a, a little bit more about how Sensate actually works and why it works. Yes, I mean, it is worth defining fascia a little bit. It is essentially water in gel form, hyaluronic acid and mineralized water in jelly form. Uh, and there's superficial fascia and there's deep fascia. And, you know, 15 or 20 years ago, a group of people, including my colleagues, started to reevaluate what fascia is. Because for hundreds of years, it's essentially been dissected out of the body and thrown into the bin and not really looked at. But then we started to discover that actually it's the body's largest sensor. Uh, and many things that we thought took place in nerves or muscles or organs actually take place in the fascia. You know, one type of fascia is a superficial fascia. So if you say, for instance, if, you're, if this is something you do, you peel the skin off a chicken, there's that transparent layer. Yes, that's fascia. The way it was described to me that I like very much is if you could dip somebody in a substance that would dissolve everything except for fascia, you'd have a completely whole and transparent version of them. So it goes in and around everything. It's probably where the acupuncture tra- uh, meridians travel. Uh, this water, and anyway, we use this imagery in acupuncture of rivers and seas and water. And actually, the fascia is very much like that. Is these collections of pathways of rivers and seas. And most acupuncture points Helen Langevin found are over nexal uh, fascia points where areas of fascia cross. So it may well be that acupuncture, uh, most body work, is really working on the connective tissue. It is the connective tissue. Uh, It's everything that isn't bone or muscle or organ or tendon. Water, of course, is a fantastic medium for the transmission of sound. So, you know, we tend to think of sound as being something in the air, which of course it is because we hear or we we think we hear most sound and our ears are amazing, obviously. But um, we would have felt sound millions of years ago, uh, long, 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 long before we had any other sensor. So I wasn't there, so I'm not, I can't say with absolute certainty, but it's (laughs) almost inevitable that vibration, so the physical sensation of sound would have been the, uh, the, the first sense. Yeah, we would have perceived the environment around us by a sense of vibration. So vibration is innately hardwired into our cellular mechanisms more deeply than any other tactile or sensory response. So we respond to vibration. We respond to physical tactile tactile feedback in a deeply emotional way, in a, in, a, in, a, in a neurological, evolutionary, biological way, more than we respond to anything else, even sound. Because sound is also slightly unique in as much as, you know, sound is always on. There are no ear lids. You have eyelids, but you don't have ear lids. So saying that you're always <laughs> perceiving sound. My hypothesis is that around 50% of sound is perceived via sound receptors, motion receptors in the body. Uh, much more of sound is, is perceived via the body than, than we realize, uh, we are, and not only the ears. And it's that other half of the audio sound experience which makes up the tactile, the somatic experience. And I think, you know, in, in a very, very, very broad sort of sense, we can say that kind of upper brain hearing neural stimulation works on the kind of thinking side a bit more. And physical vibration, tactile experience works on the body more, the feelings. Because we don't, you know, we don't think afraid. We don't think love. We feel love. We feel afraid. 
Yeah, so I think, and as you, and you mentioned the limitation of word-based, talking-based therapy, because it tends to appeal to speak to the, the cortex, the frontal cortex, more than the lower brain and to the body. Yeah, the body doesn't necessarily understand words. It does understand feelings and it does understand physical touch. Yeah, whether that's touched by somebody else or, or by nature or by sound. So by placing the device, the Sensei, uh, on the chest, you know, you um, choose a track in the app, you, uh, you, uh, you pop go, you've got your earphones on maybe if you're doing the four-use case, your eye, uh, your, uh, your eye mask, and it resonates in very, very specific frequencies which are synchronized and coordinated with the part that you hear. Basically, I go on uh, into nature. I receive, um, you know, um, uh, inspiration the type of tracks that we want to produce and the outcomes that we're looking for, because I think nature is you know, ultimately the greatest healer of all. Uh, and then we transform those into audio tactile journeys, soundscapes, which are part heard and part felt. So you hear the audio part in the headphones. There's a lot going on there and that in itself is amazing. But the transformative part is the half of the experience that you perceive from the Sensate device on your chest, on your sternum, which then resonates, synchronized with the audio component. And through the magic of bone conduction, it transfers this resonance into the chest, where the airspace in the chest creates resonance, which then sends it throughout the whole body through the fascia. So that's the connection with the fascia, because sound travels incredibly well through water. So, you know, whales can hear vibration 16 kilometers away. The transmission of sound through water is about 1,500 meters a second, uh, whereas nerve conduction speed is only about 300 meters per second. So in other words, your body feels the sound before your brain knows you've heard it. So in terms of like you know, almost involuntary, tactile, physical, somatic responses, that's why we respond so deeply and profoundly to sound and particularly to vibration. It's why babies fall asleep in the back of a car. It's why cats like sleeping on uh, washing machines. It's why we find some types of sound very unsettling and some types of sound equally healing. So what we, what I've, I mean, I, and I've been experimenting with sound for a, a very, very long time. I started putting speakers under pillows in, in the treatment room 20 years ago uh, and, and then evolving eventually to the Sensate device where you're creating an experience which is very similar to the self-driven toning or oming or chanting that people can do or singing. The difference being that that requires skill and it requires self-direction. Whereas we've identified the whole point really of sensate in many ways is that you just put it on and you don't have to do anything. And it's that surrendering to simply allowing something to heal you, which is so important to the autonomic nervous system. Because that's what the autonomic nervous system wants. It doesn't want to have to do something. It just wants to receive. And Sensei does that in a very safe, predictable, and um, concise way. And as you say, works uh, for most people, works within, within a single 10-minute session. But you know, so, you know, it works in the moment, but also over time, because of this neurons that fire together, wire together uh, response, the response also gets stronger and stronger. And, you know, my hope is that uh, over time, as people use the device, whether that's, you know, months or years, their own vagal tone, their own autonomic nervous system improves to the point where they can do this 
without having to do it. And actually, people, people do say this. You know, they, they can think about using the tech and they can feel it. And actually, that's enough to get the down regulation. Mm, that memory, yeah. It's incredible. And we're introducing, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm committed to my nature experiences. And we're seeing that we're producing more content uh, all the time. Um, we're listening to what users tell us about what they like and what works best for them. So we divide the content up into themes. Because there's no way really, even now, to accurately or neurologically predict preference. So it's very hard to know whether, you know, somebody might hate jazz and somebody might, you know, love birds. Mm -hmm. But it's actually very hard to know that, Um, uh, you know, because it's it's, it's tied into deep information and data they've picked up somewhere. So it's not always always that people who are traumatized love birds. Some people hate birds. And I, and I found personally with my own use of the Sensate that actually my preference for the tracks has changed over time, actually, interestingly, because I found some of the sounds very activating initially. And then now I find them very, you know, because of the combination of vibrations, I guess, low frequency, et cetera, it, it, you know, it, it changes the state. I mean, there is so much I would love to reflect back on in terms of, you know, the the, the primal uh, vibration that that felt sense that I talk so much, um, you know, intercept, you know, trying to help clients to reconnect back into their bodies because we're very much up here in our prefrontal cortex all the time, and we can we're kind of heads walking around without bodies in a sense, and uh, you know, kind of reconnected to those more primal activities or sensations is so important. But we just, you know, when I first start talking to clients when I work with them one to one or you know, if I've spoken, it's, it's almost like it's, 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 it takes time to even understand what that actually means. What, what is interoception? What is neuroception? And, you know, the, the also I could talk to you about for hours about, you know, looking at, you know, how deaf people, you know, they perceive sound through vibration or, you know, how trauma damages the, uh, the, the middle ear and perception of sound changes because of that and how, you know, mm-hmm. we can change that because, Luckily, we have neuroplasticity, and so we can do all of that. It's just wonderful. And I mean, yeah, we could do another 10, a series of, <laughs> of God knows how many. And, I, and, you know, there will be a, a whole series in my podcast eventually about the nervous system and how, you know, polyvagal theory and how, you know, all the different things that we can do. But again, for me personally and professionally, what I see is that this remains the simplest, most effective tool, at least to even actually get us started on other things that we can then find enjoyment in. But but this is just enjoyable automatically, which is in- incredible because, as you said, you know. The enjoyment part is really important. We tend to underrate and sideline the importance of enjoyment and engagement and humour uh, in, in mainstream medicine. Uh, but actually we know from our own experience and actually from research that, you know, to really activate our own healing mechanisms, it's important to enjoy something. Yeah, because not, not only do we then become more engaged with it and engagement uh, uh, activates our own positive affect in our, in our nervous system, but also we are therefore more likely to form a positive engaging habit around that activity. Uh, and we associate in, enjoyment and laughter and in, engagement with connection with other people. And really that's the thing that's most broken in the modern world is this, is this sense of connection. You know, human beings are social animals. We need uh, emotional and physical connection with other life forms. Now that could, that can be people and family. It can be it can be a pet. Uh, I, I think every, I think it's fantastic for all of us to re-engage with our connection with nature, uh, and that you know that can be 
as little as looking at a pot plant, you know, or staring at a tree outside. Obviously, if you can get into nature, uh, great. Uh, if you can get into deep nature, even better. If you can go, um, you know, on sort of wild uh, nature experiences, even better. But, you know, these are things that you can um, do as, as your ability and other resources allow. But everybody can and should re-engage in connection with people and things and with nature. You know, that, that really is what Sensei is trying to do. And that's really where the healing comes from. And it's funny you should say that because all those things that you, you know, you talk about is are things that I do recommend to my clients to, to enable them to reconnect, first of all, with themselves and also co-regulate with others, including nature, pets, et cetera. And it's, I actually see my sensei as a co-regulation tool uh, rather than a self-regulation tool. It's like my buddy, you know. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. And I just was thinking about, you know, how incredible, our, you know, our body wants to heal. We just have to, you know, help it. And that's it. It's a bit like when you cut your skin, you clean the wound and that gives you a sense that you're doing something. Actually, the skin knows how to grow back. If we can only find, uh, you know, ways, practical ways that we can give it space and time to do that. That's all we need to do. And I think Sensei goes a very long way towards helping people do that. And, you know, the, the beautiful thing about it is that you really only need 10 minutes a day, <laughs> which is just incredible. You know, when you were talking about, for example, the oming and humming or singing, you know, those kind of things, they sound very simple. But for me, for example, I wasn't able to even listen to music because I was so so shut down. So the, the sounds were triggering for me and they would just bring up really strong emotions. I wouldn't, I didn't sing for a long time. I couldn't even bring myself to do the om sound when I was doing yoga because the vibrations were just too strong for my, you know, it would just, you know, it was too much, too soon, too quick. And that overwhelmed my nervous system. So this is such a great, gentle way of being able to do that. The simplest things are the hardest. I mean, there is nothing more simpler than meditation. You know, you, you'll do nothing. What could be simpler than do nothing? But, uh, but uh, of course, in reality, simple is not the same thing as easy. There is also nothing harder than doing nothing, uh, even though it's incredibly simple. Because we, you know, as humans, we try to constantly, you know, we're, we're, we're human doings more than human beings, aren't we? So we're constantly trying to do things, uh, whether it's multitasking. And, and this is, you know, this is a phenomenon which has only increased over the last few decades. We've, we're constantly trying to fill our lives with experience, partly because if we don't fill our lives, the space and the silence can be terrifying. I watched uh, yesterday, actually, uh, the Stephen Bart Bartlett uh, podcast interview on YouTube with uh, Deepak Chopra. I think you, if you haven't watched it, I would definitely recommend it and to li the listeners as well. It's, it's actually incredible. It's quite a long one, but so worth listening to and really speaks to, you know, our same language, speaks, speaking from the same hymn sheet, I guess. With regards to Sensei itself, is there, I mean, I haven't experienced this and I actually do use it much more than just 10 minutes a day, more often than not. Is there a are using it too much? I mean, what we say is use it 10 minutes once a day. Um, but actually, the reality is many, many, many people <laughs> use their sensate many times. Some people literally back to back all day because they, they find they can't function without it. Um, I mean, I've used it for hours on end, testing and writing, etc. I've never found that I've overdone it. And I don't think you can. Uh, that's certainly not the experience. As I, uh, if somebody is very sensitive, like I say, I would start gently. <clears throat> I mean, let me just say a little bit about that. I personally like to use my sensei in the bag it comes with. So I actually put it in the uh, in the little um, the lanyard. I pop it in the bag. You can actually just you know you you learn where the button is pretty quickly. So you just press 
Yeah, there you go. I use it in that. Press on there. It come, you can feel it come on. And then I like to use it between a couple of layers of clothing because actually that just holds it in place. It doesn't wobble around. You, you adjust the lanyard so it's the right height. And the right height is you know, roughly between the nipples. But uh, you've got, you've got it a couple, an inch or two where you can raise it up or lower it down a bit. And you can play with that and experiment with where you feel the sensation to be most pleasing. You don't want it too high. You don't want it you know, right up on the, the, the neck. And you don't want it you know, below the um, ribs on your belly because you're then just not getting bone conduction. You're not getting the thoracic resonance of the air chamber within the thorax and within the lungs. You know, I, I definitely like, I think closing the eyes is really important because you're trying to reduce, closing the eyes or using the eye pillow or whatever you have, a bandana and whatever you happen to have, because reducing visual stimulation is important in allowing the brain to relax. I think it is good to use headphones because again, you'll get separation from the outside world, but also you'll get the full impact of the immersive experience, the stereo, the binaurals, et cetera, that we may be using on some of the tracks. And you'll be able to immerse yourself more effectively. You know, put your phone on a function where you won't be interrupted, uh, be warm, and know that you're, you know, in a place where you're safe and, you know, do and do a 10 or 20 or a 30 minute session. And, may, and many people, you know, one of the main requests we have right now is can we have longer sessions <laughs> um, or can we put um, run sessions back to back? which is something we're working on. Because one of the main, obviously, stress and anxiety and panic, et cetera, is um, one of the big use cases. But also one of the most significant findings that we've had from users and from research is improvement to sleep. So some research we just finished, which we'll publish soon, showed that uh, using Sensate gave people an hour's extra sleep a night um, and that they fell asleep 38, I think it was, minutes more quickly, which is massive. You know, an hour an hours of extra sleep a night is enough for most people to tip them into a healing response rather than a kind of a, a, a an adrenal response. I've, I've experienced that myself, and there's so much research, isn't there, in the, on the importance of sleep to also reduce inflammation, you know, in reference to chronic diseases, et cetera, et cetera, which is wonderful, wonderful to hear. And um, I used to have massive struggles in terms of going to sleep or staying asleep. And that's that's one of the benefits that I've also experienced myself over time. And uh, is it correct that the music side of it is a bit of a family business? Um, well, I mean, we, we, we create all the um, music internally, me and my brother, actually, but also, you know, there's, there's music which is inspired by nature. Like I said, I will talk about that a bit more in maybe an article that I'm thinking of, uh, of writing about how the, the, the music is created. Uh, and where the inspiration comes from. But we are now starting also to use guest artists. So we had our first sleep, well, first guest artist track last month, which was a sleep track from Tom Middleton, who's um, you know, well-known as a DJ and as an ambient music composer, working increasingly in the wellness side, and who produced a, and, and released a sleep album uh, a little while ago. So, so that's something we're going to be expanding um, from the preference point of view, but also to give people exposure to artists that we feel are important. So, so we do compose everything ourselves at the moment, but we are um, we will be expanding the guest composer side over the next few months. And so uh, another couple of questions, and then I think we'll wrap up for now, because I really literally could talk about this and with you forever. <laughs> What's next? I mean, the, the mission for me is to increase what is already a very engaging product to become uh, even more effective and more engaging. Uh, that's, really, that's, you know, that's really the aim for the company. The more 
people who are wowed and awed and engaged within the first 10 minute session, then that, that's how, and, uh, and then the more people that we can expose to that first session uh, is how we achieve our mission of 100 million people positively impacted by 2025. I mean, we already have an astonishing um, success rate in, in terms of the number of people who use uh, and, and experience benefit from literally the first session onwards. Not everybody. You know, some people need a few sessions, but most people notice a difference literally after the first 10 minutes. And then for the ones that don't, if they persevere for two, three, four, five, 10 sessions, then nearly all of those then notice a benefit. So therefore, for me, you know, the mission is all about, okay, how can I really get people to feel and notice the difference in the shortest possible time? Because, you know, as I say, for me, it's all about impact. It's a numbers game. If we can get hundreds of millions of people able to look up, because that's really what stress and anxiety and trauma does. It makes you look down and it makes you look in. So you're not thinking about nature. You're not thinking about other people. You're not thinking about the world. You're too, you become engrossed with your own suffering. And we need people to look up and look at the, the wider issues. Yeah. Because that's how we'll change the world. So, so the more people that we can assist and support and move on to look up and out, the better. So if you had to give one piece of advice to our listeners today who, to, to help them look up and wake up, I know that you have a, a particular quote that you like to share often. <laughs> I, I'd love to see if it comes up this time. What, what would that be? And, and in, with regards to, uh, you know, how trauma, stress, anxiety makes us hold our breath. Well, there's a couple of things, I'll, a couple of observations I'll say, which is, you know, we know that helping others is the single most important way to help ourselves. So I, I guess, you know, to realize um, that if we want to feel better, the best way to do that is to think of others and to help others and to be of service. There's no doubt whatsoever about this. And to look at the awe around us, you know, with the world is full of small and large awe and you don't have to leave the planet and look down at the earth to realize how tiny you are and how big the universe is, but what a part you play in this. But then as I suppose, as a piece of um, advice, the, the single most important thing I think we need to do is to, uh, is to breathe out. Um, so when we're again, internalized, we tend to breathe in. Yeah, it's in, 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 in. Actually, if we simply breathe out, yeah, we take our consciousness and our awareness beyond ourselves, as well as the physiological response of increasing CO2 and relaxing the mind and body and the heart. So breathe in. No, I've never met anyone who, who forgets to breathe in. I've met loads <laughs> of people who forget to breathe out. So breathe out. Yeah, if in doubt, always breathe, breathe out. I've heard you say several times. Yeah, that's right. And um, it's funny because I, I was just away this weekend. I returned yesterday from a, a, a somatic healing retreat with colleagues uh, in the same in the same space uh, of nervous system healing and, you know, somatic. And uh, we were doing cold water swimming to tone our vagus nerves. And I brought my sensate to show them and they were all so impressed and they wanted to know more. And I really love that because each one of us working in this space, uh, you know, is able to, you know, impact so many others and, you know, hopefully it gets passed down. I've recommended it to friends, clients, et cetera. And now, you know, colleagues as well in the same space, which is really wonderful, but uh, you're absolutely right. It's, it is about, we've lost the, the ability to be in awe 
of you know where we are. And I, I was kind of on the on this on the beach at one point, kind of collecting shells, and I had sand in my hand, and I just thought, wow, look, you know, this is each grain represents each of us. We're so small, and yet we we get so bogged down in our own kind of stuff that we forget to look up, like you said. And so, yeah, yeah, I really resonate with everything we've discussed today together. And I really, really appreciate your time. And so I would love at some point to have you back, um, if if we can, to discuss some more detail because, you know, we could share much more here, but time is limited and a commodity none of us can make more of. So we'll wrap up today. If any of you listening are interested in getting to know more about Sensate. Where is it? Where's the best place for them to find you and find out more about Sensate, Stefan? So, yeah, so if people go to um, getsensate.com. Uh, that's where you can find out uh, about the product. Um, uh, there's, there is a blog on there, uh, which we write. And we write, you know, we put um, information up uh, every month and we'll be doing more of that uh, about things that people can do um, and what we believe in. I think it's wonderful, obviously, that this information is increasingly being communicated through uh, experts and practitioners, uh, because that's also how we reach the, the biggest number of people. So thank you. And, and, and it's such, such a delight to be on uh, and talk. You know, this, this, is, this, is, uh, this is our life's work. So we're, all, we're always thrilled to talk about it. Oh, it's, it's been an honour and a pleasure. And uh, for anyone who is interested in trying the Sensate, I have been honored to be uh, invited to be an affiliate for Sensate. So you can get a discount. We will put links in the show notes. Uh, you can use the discount Carla with a C, C-A-R-L-A number 10. So Carla 10 to get yourself a little discount. And I couldn't recommend it more highly, to be honest. It's really been, re- it's revolutionized my life in many ways. And uh, I see that, you know, that in other clients as well that I work with. So Stefan, once again, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate you and I hope to see you again. And thank you everyone at home or on the go for listening. If you find this show helpful, please hit that follow or subscribe button. It does wonders for the show so more people can find time to unlearn organically. If you have questions about anything we've talked about today, please drop me a line at podcast at carlashowhet.com. I read every email I get, whether it's an episode idea, a guest recommendation, or you want to see Stefan again, or just a simple note uh, to let me know how this podcast episode or any other episode has impacted you. I would love to hear from you. I am Carla Showhet, and I'll see you on the next episode.